Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, this is Rachel Bello. And today we're going back to an old favorite show. It was a great conversation with Jennifer Brandell, who is an icon in public radio. She's the creator of Curious City and now the CEO of a company that's just crushing it called Harkin, which is flipping journalism on its head. And it's kind of what she does to every idea. That's why we just love talking to her. And we listen to this when we need to feel flipped on our head. So we hope you enjoy it again. So, Rachel, today we're talking about how to get people to listen to you, to really listen to what you have to say. What? <laughs> that was a good I one. Really wanted to get you. Do you know why we're talking about this? Um, because I don't listen to you enough. You don't listen to me enough. But so I'll just share that yesterday Rachel came to meet me at Le Pain Cotidien. Just say it the way you like to say it. You mean the the, the way it is said? Well, Le- I now say LPQ because I can't just go. How do you Le say Pain Cotidien. Okay. Do you hear that? That's so special how she says it. So Rachel comes in to LPQ yesterday. When you were on the verge of tears, well, tears slash anger, Rachel was so frustrated because she had been on the phone with a representative at Bloomingdale's. Um, I'm sorry. It wasn't actually a representative of Bloomingdale's. <laughs> it was someone who lived 4,000 miles away who said her name was Amy and <laughs> and who didn't know. The, first of all, I had given. Let me just back up. OK. Uh-huh. So Bloomingdale's has really, really been a problem for me. My credit card where I got late fees. It affected my credit rating. It's been really bad. And finally... Yet again, I have another $2.50 on my bill. I haven't used my card in three years. And every month there's that same two fifty that I can't get erased, that I forget about. Then I get late fees. Then my credit rate. Why don't so. you just get one less Starbucks a week? I don't use the card. Okay. I literally – so I just need it taken off my card. So, of course, they transfer me to, to – Amy. Uh, yeah, to Amy, <laughs> who who has this habit and it's – where everything I say, I go, so I have a $2.50 uh, appearance on my card every month. And every month I call you guys and say, I don't use this card. What is this for? And she says, so I understand that don't you, do the accent. I won't. It's really so offensive. I, well, it's true. <laughs> 
So I understand that you have two dollars and fifty cents. That is, a, and she repeats back to you everything you've just said, which then causes me to go. I because that's so intolerable for me. I only give one word answers so that she can say, "I heard you say yes." Okay, so let, if you were watching Rachel right now, she's already getting. Like I would think, are your palms sweaty right now? A little no, bit. but I'm I'm holding my breath, which right, is what I do up. when I'm really angry. So we started to ask ourselves the question. How do you really get people to listen to you? She wouldn't listen to me, Suzanne. She wouldn't Uh, listen. She wouldn't. And I ended up actually being so rude. Does anyone see the problem in this whole conversation? So here's what's at stake for you, which is everywhere you go, whether you're on the phone with Amy or if you're in a meeting or if you're a parent with your kids at home, the reigning question you should be asking yourself is, how, if I have something to say that matters, if I have something to say that's important, how do I, in fact, get people to listen to me? You know, we talk so much on this show about how you form something to say. What is your unique point of view? The importance of having an original, sharp point of view. But in fact, today we're going to talk about no matter what you have to say, how do you get people to listen to you? Because if you can't get anybody to listen to you, you don't matter. Right. And this is true, not just with your words, but it's also true on social media today. I mean, the number of people who spend a lot of time trying to get more people to follow them, to like them, to look at what they have to say, there's a methodology here. And we're going to bring on Jennifer Brandel onto the show in a few minutes, because Jennifer has spent her last leg of her career really figuring out how to get more people to get engaged in a conversation and listen to important ideas. She's a young woman, so this is not the last leg of her career. No, I said this last I leg. Know. I just want people to understand young relative to that whom? she doesn't have a terminal illness, which makes <laughs> this the last leg. That what's, what, what we need to tell you is that she is a radio rock star. So when she comes on and feels a whole lot more smooth and professional than us, that's why. But speak she, for yourself. She has she has really consistently been obsessed, and we're going to find out why. With the question of how how to get audiences more engaged, more connected to what you the the media person ha- have to say, right? And she's done a phenomenal job of getting our attention. I mean, I'm so obsessed with her JennyAnything.com website. Yeah, there's a set of quotes on there that are quotes that other people <laughs> said about her. I just wanted to steal that. I mean, they're so, so good. You steal blurbs from, of, about other people and just erase the name. <laughs> really? No. I felt like maybe <laughs> well, I could. Well, you can try. Um, I just wouldn't attribute any of it. Just switch the names. It's all good. So we're going to get Jennifer on and we're going to ask her, what, what do you do? If you want to get more people to listen and be engaged, what do you actually do? And then Rachel and I are going to tell you later in the show about the biggest epiphany that we've had lately about what it really takes to get people in the workplace to pay attention and to listen to your ideas. It was a shocking and jarring episode for both of us last week that we're still getting over. Right. And spoiler alert, it is not ending a phone call with Amy in tears which is what happened yesterday. Oh, did she cry? I cried. Oh. I was like, just let me do it on my own. You know what? Never mind. Okay. And then she walked into LPQ in a little, little 
she had her little panties in a bunch. (laughs) (laughs) Ew, that's the grossest thing ever. Okay, on that lovely note, we're going to have Jennifer Brandel back in the studio with us answering all of our questions in just a minute. Welcome back to The Big Payoff. Today we're talking about how you get people to listen to you when you really have something important to say. And this is true for you no matter where you are, at home, at work, when I'm with Rachel. I mean, the number of times you don't listen to me. Well, the critical part of your sentence was when you have something to say. (laughs) So, Ouch. Ouch. So we brought Jennifer Brandel into the studio because we met Jennifer in a really unusual way. Why are you laughing? Are you laughing at me? No. With you. With me? So we met Jennifer through, how did we even get to you? There were a few people who were just like, you need to talk to Rachel and Suzanne, like five people. Well, everyone and, and probably a couple was, of them, says that. All yeah, it's the time. true. It's not, true. not the Suzanne part, but. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then finally, some of their warm introductions made it to your inbox and mine, and it was just like, all right, we need to do this, clearly. So we've already got one takeaway, which is one way to get people to listen to you is to create kind of an echo chamber. Yeah. Yes. Right? Yeah. It's not enough for one person to say you should meet. You need that being yeah. surrounding you. So let's just, we're just going to tell you our experience of meeting you. So Ooh. we'd heard your name, you know, WBZ, we're big fans, et cetera. But we have this lunch and we're at Soho House and we're bonding around the food, the ho- the peppers. Were you a pe- the shishito pepper Oh, those eater? are good. Yeah. Amazing. I like those. And we told you our pain points about our show and not being able to get really – we didn't know how to navigate the podcast world. You not only listened to us and and heard the exact pain point, Jennifer pointed us in the direction of the three most important people in our – world well but with lo- and with long and thoughtful it was it, it, here, seriously i know this sounds like a flatter fest but it was so generous generous there was a kind of generosity and by the way we came to the lunch ostensibly to listen to a presentation on your business <laughs> which we should probably tell our lis- our listeners who well, Jennifer we actually Let's just is. finish out the story by saying. <laughs> no no they don't know who she is actually so we're talking to someone that they actually don't know who she is Okay. <laughs> Good point. <laughs> so, who am I? I who do. are you, Jennifer? Oh, God. So, Jennifer has had a long history in radio and most recently is the founder of a new tech company called mm-hmm. Harkin. And tell us what Harkin does. Sure. So, Harkin was actually born out of an experiment that I ran at WBEZ for about three years, which is ongoing still, thankfully. It's called Curiosity. And basically, it's where you reverse the process of reporting. Instead of letting the audience come in at the end to tell you what they thought about what you made, you bring them in at the beginning to hear what they want you to make. And then you work with them throughout the storytelling process. So, you actually not only have to listen to them, but they have some creative control over what the story's going to be. Exactly. Ooh. I know. it's It feels scary, but it's so amazing. It feels uncomfortable. It does, because it's just, it, I think it's uncomfortable because it's unusual, not because ultimately it's not a fantastically fulfilling way to do things. So I'm just going to close this loop and say, so now you hear a bit why Jennifer's in this world of radio and Curious City and all of that 
has the generosity to point us in the direction of three really amazing people in New York in the podcast world who were so spot on. Every time we entered a room, it was like, well, thank you for finally getting us in the door to this person and this person. So thank you. You're so welcome. My pleasure. And now you need to answer all of our questions. Perfect. Our gift back to you is a bunch of questions. I, questions are actually my favorite thing in the world. Okay. So asking so, them, not even answering them, just having them exist. <laughs> so let's actually start there. What makes a good question? Ooh, I think a great question has to come. So it's not just the content of it, and it's not the um, uh, it's it's not even the information contained within it. I think it starts before then, and it's the information that's contained within why a person is asking it, and what their tone of voice is, or their why, where it's coming from, even even beyond what the content of the question is. And I think a great question comes from a place of open mindedness. It's not a place where you've already decided and you're trying to lead someone in a direction, but you are capable of taking. And the information that they're going to give back to you and adding that to your worldview. So remember in high school, and it definitely happened in college too, where someone would raise their hand and ask a quote question <laughs> and the whole class is thinking to themselves, this is not a freaking question. This is a lecture in the form of a question. Exactly. Not just in high he school. He doesn't at, know to know. He doesn't at every conference. At meetings, meetings. He doesn't want to know, yep. A, he's not genuinely curious, B, and C, He's not really open-minded about the answer. He wants to posit yep. a hypothesis in the form of a question. Exactly. And I think that genuine curiosity has to be – I think a great question starts with genuine curiosity. And it's hard to go wrong if you're starting there, even if what you ask might be uncomfortable or maybe someone finds it offensive. Like if it's coming from that place, you'll understand that. So we had Richard Saul Worman, who's the founder of TED, um, in this studio actually. And mm-hmm. he said to us that the key to a good question is the word quest. Mm-hmm. That every mm-hmm. question needs to have a quest. W- what do I really want to hear? So now let's take that to the other l- angle on that, this whole issue, which is, okay, so now I'm asking better questions because mm-hmm. I'm on a quest and I'm really interested in what the person across from me has to say. But how do I get people to listen to me? Mm. Now I'm good at getting you to talk. How do I get you to listen to me? Because, so, because you know, my experience and it... I have to say, I don't normally think in these gender terms, but it really does happen a lot with men where you get them going on something and then the ball never comes back to you. Totally. I completely, I've had that experience many times. Men, you know, <laughs> yeah. it's true of men and dogs. <laughs> no? True? Yes. Balls, men, dogs. Yeah. There's yes. a lot of overlap yes. there. Okay. Um, in t- so... Here's my maybe counterintuitive stance on this kind of thing. I think to have people listen to you, you need to start by really listening to them. And then by listening to what they're saying and what their needs are and where they're at, you get information from that knowing as to whether or not they're even ready or want to listen to you. And sometimes the that knowing that like, you know what, what I'm selling or what I what I have to offer, who I am, isn't really aligned with who this person is. So I shouldn't waste my time trying to get them to, you know, pers- trying to persuade them, trying to get them to come over to my side. Wow. It's like questions are like tapping a vein. It is. Yeah. It's, it's really, there's no point. Do you know that from a firsthand <laughs> experience? Well, we'll talk about that later. Um, what there. Questions are intended to lead to something. It's sort of like foreplay for whatever, the sale. Action something. Action something, something. And if it's not 
it, what you're saying is you got, you're tapping that vein to see whether they're susceptible. And if they're not, move on. Don't bother. Don't waste your time. Like, I, I like to think of this phrase as the coalition of the willing. Like, how do you keep building a coalition of the willing? And you can learn who's going to be in your coalition by listening to them and what, what questions they're asking, what they're interested in, where they're at. So do you believe, so let's go to what Harkin's doing out there. Mm-hmm. Here's the reason it makes me uncomfortable. <laughs> is, and- hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. I need to say for myself. Yeah, yeah. If I have to depend on the people, the masses, to choose what I'm going to hear on the radio or read in a paper, how do I know that what they are interested in is going to make the content better for me? So you as another, like not as a maker, but as another consumer, yeah, as, right. as a consumer. Yeah, I mean, that is that is a scary moment. But the thing that we have, so in the Harkin process, and not to get too far into the weeds, we do have this moment that's curated by the newsroom. So what Harkin is, is basically taking the concepts that I experimented with at Curiosity and, and making that into a framework and a tech platform and all that kind of stuff. So what we do is when people ask questions to a newsroom, whether or not they're radio, TV, whatever, um, the newsroom gets the opportunity to curate the questions. Ah, that's so key. Yeah. That I don't know that think, I got that. Yeah, that they think that they could best answer whether or not it's their resources or what they cover, that kind of thing. So it's not a free-for-all. Okay. And so, the way yeah. that they answer that question is is their Exactly. Yeah. yeah, the 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 end person, like the audience member, is not responsible for creating content, for, you know, reporting, taking pictures, whatever that may be. It's still in the hands of the craftsmen and the professionals. So what do you do about the fact that these are journalists, right, who see around corners in a way that the general public doesn't, mm-hmm. and they see something's coming, and what, are they not allowed to go, we need to talk about the rise of X because it's happening. The general public wouldn't know about it. But there might be someone from the general public who knows things that the newsroom doesn't, especially with the contraction of newsrooms and having limited amounts of brains and time in a day. Like they don't they don't have perfect information. But if you can tap into the curiosity or the knowledge of the crowd, they can be the one to say, hey, I've seen something fishy going on here. But does it go both ways? Like so you you don't expect a newsroom to operate entirely through no. the listening. Of this the is audience. just another tool. So ah. I see this as like one of the many frameworks you can approach news and journalism is having the public initiate stories, not just the press and not just being reactive to, hey, that building's it's, burning down. It's a great idea. It's a great idea. It it plays with the whole notion of authority in a mm-hmm. way that's very scary <laughs> yeah. to someone who's used to authority. Speaking of great ideas and authority, 
Let's just leap to dance, dance, party, party, party. party. <laughs> Is that still we can't a thing? end it's with Jennifer without going there because I'm just saying that when I read uh, Jenny anything uh, obsessed. Um, <laughs> That was really just tell so, us go yeah what is dance dance, dance, dance party. party party okay so is it dance dance party party yes yes oh, okay. just like DDPP uh-huh. for short yeah um so a long time <laughs> ago I, I basically my whole life is is structured around trying to solve problems that I have that I'm pretty sure other people have too but trying to figure out how do I solve this thing um so one of the problems I was having was I was going to the gym I was listening to great music I really wanted to freak out like a weirdo on the elliptical or whatever. But that's not the place where you're allowed to do that. So it's like, how do I create an environment? What are the factors that I need to remove and add in order to create an environment where I can do that and not feel the least bit weird or foolish? So and people, people, you remove people, you remove mirrors. Oh. You remove men, you remove <laughs> booze, and you remove judgment. And then that's Why all you Why do you need. remove booze? Because well, you're working out. Yeah, because you're working out and it's, oh, you know, Rachel. during the day. <laughs> but I mean, th- people can do what they do. Yeah. There's no breathalyzer no at the door. No judgment. Exactly. So basically, it's a, it's a dance happening for women. And it's spread now to like 20 chapters around the world, which what? is crazy. <laughs> yeah. You didn't put your name on it? No. J B D D P P. Exactly. Oh, Jennifer Brandel's Dance Dance Party Party. I see that. <laughs> well, it, it, actually, long story short, um, when I was coming up with this framework and this idea and working on it with my roommate, we actually found out that there are women in New York who are doing the very similar thing that we wanted to do. So oh. we thought, why don't we just all join forces and do, and spread this as like a chapter? See, herein lies the difference between Jennifer and us. If we had found out that there were women in New York doing the thing, Suzanne would have sued. <laughs> might have sued and Rachel and I both would have gone like oh my god we can do it so much better than that <laughs> we're gonna totally take them down um well look yeah. I, I this is a very very hot topic for Rachel and for me right now because we're in the middle of something we're going to talk about when we come back from the break where we're being pushed to rethink entirely the way we get people to listen to us Ooh. it's very uncomfortable and uh, we're willing to share and we're in I don't even know that we have the end of this story yet because we're in the moment of discomfort. It's happening now and it's very much along the lines of what Jennifer's doing at Harkin and we just have to live with it and grow. Yeah. So I think that when <laughs> <laughs> to grow <laughs> it sounded so sad when it you was. said that. It is so <laughs> sad. So Jennifer thank you so much for being with us. Thank you. When we post this podcast I think we're going to hit right in where people could go to Harkin you know how you can do like a, a link in internal. I'm going to make the link go to Dance Dance Party Party. <laughs> oh and it should be called I think you should be like Harkin Harkin Party Party. Oh yeah that's a good thing always Excellent. end with Party Party. Totally. <laughs> Harkin Harkin Party Party. <laughs> uh, we'll be back talking about the real discomfort that Rachel and I are having right now around getting people to listen to what we have to say when we come back in just a minute. You gotta learn to listen, listen to learn, you gotta learn to listen. Before you get burned, learn to listen, listen to learn, you gotta learn to listen. Before you get burned, you gotta have fun, I'll fix you the arm, you gotta stay out of the water. Happiness is something you gotta earn You gotta fight and pick enough in the return Welcome back to The Big Payoff. Rachel and I are talking today about how to get people to listen to you. I think we spend a lot of time in this show talking about having a really sharp point of view and opinions. We don't really talk to you enough about how to get people to listen to those opinions. We don't talk at you enough. <laughs> we don't talk <laughs> at you. You know, the real question is, we don't know if you're listening. And that, 
<laughs> Hello. Yeah, we don't know if you're listening. But here's here's the big aha moment that we've been having and, and also thanks to Jennifer have been having, which is about a really counterintuitive um, way to get people to listen to what you have to say. So let's just talk about where we are right now, which is we're in a potential merger of our company. And we're working with some guys in New York who are really great at what they do. In fact, we have a lot of similar interests, but our styles of working are very different. And we're about to do this client workshop. And here's how Rachel and I typically approach a client workshop. Right. So the, so Suzanne and I will go, first of all, we'll, we'll mull over the problem ourselves, you know, back and forth during the day for weeks until we get to a point where we have some huge insight and a set of recommendations and solutions that are just going to knock their socks off. Right. So we walk into the workshop <laughs> all proud of ourselves uh-huh. going, but we have something for you. And Right. And then we lay it all out for them and we expect the magic of us to just wow them. Blow the top of their heads off and create instant change. Right. That's how we've approached. That's our theory. That's our theory. That's how we've approached working with clients for many, many years. And here's the truth is most of the time they really do like what we have to say. And some of the time they don't. And then we're kind of lost. Right. And it isn't even about liking or not liking. Right. What what we actually don't know that much about is what would happen if they felt more ownership in that process, more uh, co-discovery of the answers rather than, ladies and gentlemen, you are about to see the smartest thing ever. So we're in this relationship with these guys, Eric and Raj, and Eric said to us, because we're about to go into this workshop next week in D.C., you know... Why, and I think he was trying to be nice. Mm-hmm. Why don't you try it another way, which is to go into the meeting and instead of just talking at the client, actually engage them in a conversation about their own brand, about their own issues. And even if you have a sense of where you want the conversation to go, as Jennifer Brandel just said, actually be open to listening to them. Right. We had we had planned to go in with a set of eight insights that we had written up <laughs> completely and fully and so that we would present it to them and then and then watch their faces. So it's like so so, it's it's so awful and Eric was like, well, you know, how about not presenting the insights right. and actually just starting conversations and let them get to insights on their own. You have them in your back pocket. And you know what was so interesting about that, Suzanne, was while he was talking, I when he when he started talking, I was sitting down at my desk. And while he was talking, I began to pace the room because I was getting so uncomfortable. Oh, I was so uncomfortable. What yeah. was that? What was I, the discomfort? I was Feeling both defensive of of us and the way we work, and nervous about uh, thinking about the room in D.C. What would happen if they disagreed with us, or or if we had to then go back and redo all this work we've done already instead of just convincing them with the magic of us that we're right? So here was I'll just I'll be very clear about what my discomfort was. Uh-huh. It's interesting that your discomfort was more around, oh, I will lose control of yes. the pa- Mine yeah. was more about, but 
then they won't know how smart we were <laughs> because we were so freaking smart. And I don't want you to think this was your insight. You have to know it was mine. Right. That is a painful thought. Ugh. So here's the big aha that, that we've had in thinking about this whole question of how you get people to listen to you. And Jennifer nailed it, which is you really do have to listen to them in order to get people to listen to you. You have to get better at listening to them. Right. And so, for example, you're talking to your kids and you know what they're feeling because you know your kids like you know yourself. And instead of approaching them by going, look, I know you're feeling really nervous about this because you're bound to get something wrong in that version. Start out saying, tell me exactly what you're feeling. Just just talk to me. And that's uncomfortable to give up that power. But I guess I, I, I guarantee you, you'll learn something when you listen to them that's different from what you assumed. And you can still guide the conversation. You don't. For, so for my fears and issues about giving up control, I don't think you give up control entirely when you're asking a question. In fact, you you actually guiding the conversation by asking the right questions is a real art form and a very um, light and generous touch. Good for dating also. What? Well, no, you're. I, oh, yeah. You're Rachel. This is an art form that Rachel's cultivated, which yeah. is you're really good. And and I'm not saying I've seen you on a date because that would be kind of creepy. <laughs> she's on automatic creepy. <laughs> but I've seen you in situations where seduction is in play, yeah. not sexual, but just yeah. where you're really good at getting the person across from you to feel like they are being asked the question that they are dying to give the answer to. It's a form of seduction. Mm -hmm. And I think that what we're saying to you is if you allow that seduction to be real, meaning, wow, real, you have to consummate it, like take your clothes off and <laughs> right. make it happen. Take your clothes off. <laughs> Get naked <laughs> in the room with the client and you'll see. No. Um, no, if you really are interested in getting to the to the real conversation and maybe even the real insight that wasn't yours, yeah. but is the truth, you've got to be in a conversation where you're listening much more carefully. So um, that's as far as I can take it today because I've already been – I've been uncomfortable in this show really? many times. <laughs> Starting from the very beginning, there's just so much discomfort around this. So I think we need to process that. And that's what we'll leave you with. So the big takeaway from today should be that you are a better listener. And we're going to try to be better listeners on this show by doing something yet again uncomfortable, which is we're going to ask you what you think of this show. So what what did you think of today's show? What what did you think Suzanne did wrong? <laughs> what, where, what could she do better? No, really, we do want to know. Yeah. So if you, what do you think? So we, we got to start listening. Where would they do? They, so you can look. Here are all the ways you can find our show. You can go to iTunes, 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 and just put in the big payoff with Rachel and Suzanne. You can leave comments there. We're also on Stitcher. You can also go to our website, which is bigpayoffradio.com. And you can like us on Facebook. And, of course, when we post this show, right there, you can I you can put comments. Only if they're nice. <laughs> Only if you really liked the show. Um, so that's how you do it. I'm very uncomfortable telling our audience right. that. So we'll, we'll process all this. I'll help you. And, but let's, let's let our listeners go now so that you and I can do that. We'll be back to the big payoff next week with Rachel and Suzanne.
If you like what you heard, you can find us at BigPayoffRadio.com, on iTunes, on the ACAST app, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And please, please rate and review us. It matters. Serves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.